We come this morning to a passage of Scripture that is probably, I would venture to say, one of the most well-known verses by people outside of the church. Uh, We come in the Sermon on the Mount, we've been journeying through these chapters of Matthew's Gospel where Jesus is proclaiming what kingdom people look like, and we come to chapter 7 in the Sermon on the Mount, and we hear those familiar words to many, judge not, lest ye be judged. Do not judge, or you too will be judged. A lot of people like to quote this verse. Maybe you've quoted it before, maybe someone has quoted it to you, but the question I'd like for us to consider this morning is, what is Jesus talking about here in Matthew chapter 7 when he says, do not judge? This week I was uh, meeting with Doug, we were going over some music, and he was writing with a pen that he uh, graciously gave to me, uh, a pen from Planet Fitness, and it, it says, judgment-free zone. Uh, apparently, Planet Fitness is a judgment-free zone. And, and a lot of people, as you think about the church, and you think about who we are, and we hear Matthew chapter 7, verse 1, we, uh, in many respects, we, we would say this is a judgment-free zone. But I'd like for us to ask this morning, is it? Is this... A judgment-free zone. Uh, all of us have to make judgments in life. I think it's fair to say that when you're driving uh, down the road, you hope that the intersection you come to is not a judgment-free zone. Uh, we have to make discernment. We have to make judgment. And, and, and so when Jesus says, do not judge, I think it's important for us to uh, not take that verse out of context. We are all making judgment calls. And and so my outline this morning is pretty simple. We're going to ask, what is Jesus not saying in this passage? And then we're going to ask, what is Jesus saying? And then we're going to consider what it means for us. So uh, let's start this morning by asking, what is Jesus uh, not saying? What does do not judge not mean? We live in a culture, a cultural context that really values the judgment-free zone. We live in a culture of tolerance, where people like to say, you do you, boo. Uh, What's right for you is good for you. What's right for me is good for me. And who are you? to judge me, my actions, my decisions, my values, my standard for life. Who are you to judge? And I think as Christians, we sometimes wonder, is that really what, maybe I should just be concerned about myself. And I'd like for us to wrestle with that, because I think... We have to separate our cultural value of tolerance from the biblical value of a standard. In fact, here in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus uh, 
lays out for us what kingdom people look like. People who take seriously the fact that Jesus is king, who has come to reign. And he invites us to be part of his kingdom by by trusting in him and receiving the forgiveness of sins and, and living in new life. And part of that is Jesus sets a standard and he says in Matthew chapter 5, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the Pharisees, those who were pretty much the gold standard of righteousness in Jesus' day, unless your righteousness exceeds that... You're not righteous at all. And what Jesus is pointing to us to is a reality of inward transformation. That what Jesus' kingdom is all about is him coming and transforming lives about his righteousness being uh, not only declared in our lives, but we grow up into that. And so there is a moral standard that God has given us. In fact, uh, Jesus is not saying we dispatch with a moral standard uh, when he says do not judge. And I think this is, this passage in Matthew chapter 7 is a great passage for us to consider some principles for how to read the Bible. Uh, We come to Matthew uh, chapter 7. I invite you to open up to that passage if you have a Bible with you this morning. Matthew chapter 7. We're going to look at verses 1 through 6. And here in uh, Matthew chapter 7, uh, one of the things we always want to do is read the Bible in its context. We don't want to just take Matthew chapter 7 verse 1 and, and read, Do not judge lest you be judged. And, and, and we could take that a lot of different directions, but we have to read the context and see what Jesus is saying here. So I'm going to read Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 through 6. Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls before pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and turn and tear you into pieces." Now, we read this in context. We want to read Jesus' command, do not judge, in its context. And the first thing we do when we read the Bible is we look at the immediate context. Uh, We look at the specific chapter and section that these verses lie in. And one of the things we, we want to recognize is, okay, this lands in the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus is describing in the Sermon on the Mount who kingdom people are. So Jesus is talking to Christians here. Okay, so, so the first thing we, we get from the context is Jesus is talking to Christians. Um, and I think it's pretty clear as we read through these verses that Jesus isn't making a blanket statement of do not judge, but he is qualifying a kind of judgment that is wrong. In fact, 
Verse 6, let's take this as an example. Do not give to dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and turn and tear you into pieces. Now, at face value, this is kind of a confusing verse, and we'll probably return to it a little later in this message, but one of the things we can take away as as we ask the question, what is Jesus not saying? He's not saying, don't make judgment calls. In fact, he's telling us in this verse to make judgment calls. He says, do not give dogs what is sacred. And he's referring to people here. And in in that culture, dogs weren't uh, as affectionately loved as Oliver is. Uh, Dogs were actually uh, considered uh, grimy, probably almost like we view rats. Uh, Dogs were kind of uh, the scavengers of the streets. And and, and pigs weren't um, cute uh, Charlotte's Web pigs. They were nasty creatures. And what, what Jesus is, is, is teaching in this, in this verse is that there are uh, uh, times, the gospel of Jesus, the grace of God, the forgiveness of God is a sacred and precious thing. And, and there are times where we have to make a judgment call where, where there are people who, who repeatedly are going to uh, trample on the gospel if, if we present it to them in, in a certain way or in a, a, a certain way that gives them opportunity to trample over the good news of Jesus Christ. And, 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 and Jesus is telling us to make a judgment call here. That, that there are times where we have to, to, to be wise with what kind of people that might be. I, want, I don't want us to misapply that uh, verse to say, oh, well, I'm not going to talk to that person about the gospel then. Uh, no, Jesus is simply telling us that we need to have discernment about the best ways to do that. And there might be people who, if you uh, tell them they're going to hell, that, 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 that might just be tossing pearls before pigs because they're just going to trample all over that. And Jesus is telling us, to judge who those pigs and those dogs are, all right? So, it's clear in the immediate context, Jesus is not saying, do not judge blanketly, all right? Let's look at another passage of scripture outside. Later, uh, go to the next one, Vadim, in Matthew's gospel. It's actually in the same chapter, only 10 verses later, Jesus says this, Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit you will recognize them. seems to me that Jesus is telling us to judge who's a false prophet. By their fruit. Okay, so Jesus is not saying we don't judge blanketly. All right, let's look at another, another verse here in 1 Corinthians chapter 5. J- Paul is addressing an issue of uh, sexual immorality in the church in Corinth, and he's pretty passionate about uh, the church dealing with this issue within uh, themselves. And he says, what business is it of mine to judge those outside of the church? Are you not to judge those inside? God will judge those Outside. So it is clear from 1 Corinthians chapter 5 that we have a responsibility to judge one another in the body of Christ. So already we're starting to see that the do not judge, don't judge me mentality might not mean what we think it means. Let's look at one more. 
John chapter 7, verse 24, Jesus says, uh, he's addressing the Pharisees in this passage, and he says, stop judging by mere appearances, but instead judge correctly. Okay, so one of the things we do when we read the Bible is we read it in the whole scope of what the Bible teaches. And when we come to Matthew chapter 7 and read, do not judge, we can start to see how this has been mis misapplied time and time again. Because Jesus is clearly telling us that we have a responsibility to judge correctly. And I think that John chapter 7 is hitting right on the nose of what Jesus is teaching us here in Matthew chapter 7, is that there is a kind of judgment that happens often that we need to avoid. So let's ask the question, what does do not judge mean? Uh, it's clear that there's a kind of judgment that Jesus is prohibiting. And Jesus is targeting the measure, the standard that we use to judge one another. Notice how he says it in verse 2. For the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Now measures in the ancient world were often a way of uh, paying for things. And it was a bartering system often. So I'll give you a cup of grain for a cup of this. It, like it measures. And so often people would try to cheat the system. Now, have a mislabeled measure. What Jesus is targeting in this passage is when we use a mislabeled measure. When we uh, use a measure for somebody else that we don't want to use in our own life. I understand why people like to quote John or Matthew chapter 7, verse 1 especially to Christians. Uh, I understand why people outside of the church like to quote it to Christians because there is a tendency for us to be hypocrites. To use a measure for others that we don't actually use for ourselves. And Jesus is saying, judge not lest you be judged. He's saying, don't judge with an unfair measure unless you want to be judged with an unfair measure. So how do you want people to judge you? You want them to look at one instance of your life and make a judgment about all of your life? The issue of the text is not judgment. It's judgmentalism. It's the heart of judgment. And I think we've seen this before. Time and time again throughout the Sermon on the Mount, the issue that Jesus has beef with is not actions, but the heart. And Jesus is taking us deeper than being, than, than just simply do not judge. He's taking us to the heart of hypocrisy. When we use a measure for others that we un are unwilling to use for ourselves, and Jesus is not saying that there is no standard for judgment, he's challenging the integrity of your heart when you make judgments. And so what do not judge does mean is that he's saying do not judge hypocritically. 
Do not judge from a position of pride and self-righteousness. Do not judge to condemn. Do not judge based on blind assumptions. As years go on of Mary and I making videos on the internet, our lives become more and more public. And with that, uh, we don't consider ourselves by any means celebrities, but I have more and more compassion for celebrities. Because I see how people look at appearances. They look at one minute of my day, and they make assumptions. There's gossip websites about me on the internet. And I have compassion, and it gives me hesitation when I think about others and I see something that I want to make a judgment call. Jesus is challenging our heart when it comes to judgment. He's not saying do not judge blanketly, but he's saying do not judge incorrectly. See, hypocritical judgment judges from a position of pride and self-righteousness rather than humility. It judges to condemn rather than to complete. It judges based on blind assumptions rather than clear truth. Notice the image that Jesus uses here in this text. Verse 3, it says, Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye when you have a plank in your own eye? And Jesus, I I think he wants us to laugh at that. Mary and I... um, we, we love Would You Rather, that game, like, Would You Rather? And we love coming up with preposterous situations of, like, would you rather have, like, a bathtub full of toenails or, uh, <laughs> like, fingers for hair? Like, just, and, and, and one night we, uh, we had met some friends. They were uh, law students in Boston, and we had them over, and we are like, let's play Would You Rather. And so Mary and I, we, we, we come up with the best would-you-rather questions we could come up with. And it's stuff like that. Toenails in a bathtub or, like, uh, I won't even go further. But these, these law students sat there and they go, this is preposterous. And I, and I, and I think, and Mary and I thought it was funny, but I think that Jesus wants us, when we read these words, to say, this is preposterous. For me to have a plank in my eye and try to get the sawdust out of your eye. And this is hypocritical judgment. It's preposterous. For us to see faults in others when we haven't dealt with the failures in our own lives. And so what Jesus is teaching us in this passage is we have to be lumberjacks before we can be surgeons. We have to deal with the stuff in our lives so that we can be who we are called to be in the body of Christ. And what I would say is this passage is not about how not to judge. This passage is about how to judge. Because Jesus clearly, all throughout Scripture, tells us that we need to be people who judge well. Jesus is warning us that if we 
have a plank in our eye. We can't deal with the sawdust in our brother's eye. And what Jesus is suggesting here is that he says in verse 5, You hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye, then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. And there is an assumption there that we will do that. That we'll deal with that plank. And so, and so what Jesus is challenging us with here, with the words, do not judge lest you be judged, he is challenging us to, to set aside hypocritical judgment and check our hearts. To not judge out of pride and self-righteousness. Because it, let me let you in on a little uh, hint of life here. When you see a a fault in someone else's life, it is very, very often that that is flowing out of an insecurity in your own life. When you see a, a fault in your brother's life, in your sister's life, in that church member's life, it is very often that that is flowing out of some kind of failure in your own life. And you want to feel better about yourself. And this is the hypocritical judgment that Jesus is, is, is telling us, do not judge. It's based on blind assumptions rather than clear truth. Uh, Kevin DeYoung, who actually uh, gave that brief message about the Trinity this morning, he's a pastor. He, 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 um, some time ago I read uh, him talking about assumptions. And, uh, and he has this list of, of don't judge based on assumptions. Don't assume you know all the facts after hearing one side of the story. Don't assume the person is guilty just because strong charges are made against him. Don't assume you understand a blogger's heart after reading one post. Don't assume that famous author, preacher, athlete, politician, or local celebrity won't read what you write. And don't assume they won't care what you say. Don't assume the divorced person is to blame for the divorce. Don't assume the single mom isn't following Jesus. Don't assume the guy from the mission is less of a man or less of a Christian. Don't assume the pastor looking for work is a bad pastor. Don't assume the church that struggles is a, or fails is a bad church. Don't assume you'd be a better mom. Don't assume bad kids are the result of bad parents. Don't assume your parents are clueless. Don't assume everyone should drop everything to attend to your needs. And don't assume no one will. Don't assume the rich are ungenerous. Don't assume the poor are lazy. Don't assume you know what they are all like after meeting one or two of their kind. Don't assume you should read between the lines. Don't assume you have interpreted the emotions of the email correctly. Don't assume everyone has forgotten about you. Don't assume they meant to leave you off the list. Don't assume everyone else has a charmed life. Don't assume a bad day makes her a bad friend. Don't assume the repentance isn't genuine. Don't assume the forgiveness isn't sincere. Don't assume God can't change you. Don't assume that God can't love you. And don't assume that God can't love them. Jesus is challenging us when we judge based on appearances rather than the heart. So what does this mean? I think Jesus is teaching us in this passage that we need to be people who judge as Jesus judges us. 
He has a standard, and he has grace. It says in John chapter 1, verse 14, that Jesus came and dwelt among us full of grace and truth. And so what I would challenge us with is, is a couple of things. And one is that we need to be people who judge with grace and truth. The, uh, another thing I want to challenge us with is the, the standard of righteousness that, that we have in Scripture for how, to, how kingdom people are to live. This is a standard for the church. You saw that passage in 1 Corinthians 5. Paul says, who am I to judge those outside of the church? This doesn't mean that we have discernment about people outside of the church, but it does mean that the call to judge. And notice the word that Jesus uses throughout this passage. He uses brother. We are called to judge one another in the body of Christ. We're called to, if you are as committed to the gospel, to the kingdom of God as I am, then, then, then I want you to judge me. And I, and, and I am putting myself out there saying, I want this. And so I, I want us to ask this morning, what does grace-centered judgment look like? And this is, uh, as, as we think about how to apply this in our lives, I've got uh, uh, four things for you to consider when it comes to judging one another. Be hesitant. Be hesitant when it comes to judging others. Have a pause in your spirit. When your heart wants to jump to a judgment about someone, be hesitant. Number one, here's the reason why. We all have a lot of planks in our lives. Uh, there, in the early 1900s, there was a British newspaper who had an essay-like contest where you could send in an essay and they published the winning one. And G.K. Chesterton, um, the, the prompt of the essay competition was, what is wrong with the world? G.K. Chesterton writes, and it says, Dear Sirs, what is wrong with the world? I am. Sincerely yours, G.K. Chesterton. And I think when it comes to judging others, we have to be hesitant because we have to recognize that we are fallen, that we are sinners. We've got stuff in our lives that often we judge out of insecurity. So be hesitant. Next thing is be humble. We need to come from a position of one who has received the mercy of God. And, and, and that, is, that is what I think as we look at this passage and as we look at Matthew's gospel as a whole, he is challenging the pride of the Pharisees. In Matthew chapter 23, he uses another funny image. He says, he says to the Pharisees, you are straining gnats but swallowing camels. Think about that image. You're straining gnats, but swallowing camels. I think Jesus wants to say, that's preposterous. Well, so often our hearts are straining the gnats in the lives of others, but we're swallowing camels. And Jesus says, it, it, 
This doesn't mean that none of us are unqualified to judge. Yes, we will all always have stuff to deal with in our lives. But when we come at it from a position of of humility, that we are those who have received the, the mercy of God, and we deserve the judgment of God, then when we come from it from that position, we'll, we'll deal with what we, can, what we can see in our lives. And it'll open up our eyes to, to help our brothers and sisters who, hey, you got something there. And, 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 and really, I, I think this passage is, is a call for us to be, say, I, I want to be a person who is willing to be judged. And I want my brother or sister to be in a place where they can judge me. And so I need to make my heart right and, and challenge others to make their heart right. And so to be hesitant, be humble. Third is be honest. And what I mean by honest is a commitment to the truth. A commitment to the word of God as our standard. The word of God is our lens when it comes to judgment. Jesus says you'll, you'll know a tree by its fruits. But we have to make the word of God, not our preferences, our lens. And so be honest. And finally, grace-centered judgment is holistic. It aims to restore fellow believers to the fullness of life in Christ. Why, why do you try to get a speck out of your brother's eye? Is it because you want them to know it's there? Or is it because you want them to see clearly? And I think that's the question we have to ask before we judge. And if it is to help a brother or sister see more clearly, to experience the love and life of following Jesus better and more fully, then may we be a church that judges well. Galatians chapter 6, Paul gives us an example of judging, grace-centered judgment. He says this, Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. Jesus, uh, Paul, Paul points us back to Jesus' instruction here. He says each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. Je- Jesus is challenging the hypocrisy that we so often have in our hearts. And he is pushing us to be people who have grace-centered judgment that is hesitant, humble, honest, and holistic. Tonight, as some of you watch the Super Bowl, you might see the Rams coach on the sidelines. Uh, There has been a recent viral video of the Rams coach who has an assistant who helps him during the games, and you can see it on this video.
Brothers and sisters, this is what judgment in the church is all about. I want people in my life. I, I, want, I want you guys to do this for me. But it takes, it takes dealing with our hearts. You notice that there's been a theme over the last few weeks of the eyes. Jesus says that the eyes are connected to the heart when he's talking about money. And then when he's talking about worry, he says, look, the birds of the field, look, the lilies of the field. I think a lot of what Jesus is teaching us here is to wash your eyes continually. Check your eyes. Check your heart. And may we be a people who have grace-centered judgment that is hesitant, humble, honest, and holistic so that we can move one another to the fullness of life in Christ. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for this word this morning. Thank you um, for challenging me where I need to be challenged. Lord, help us not to judge off of assumptions. Help us not to judge out of pride. But Lord, help us to help one another. Help one another see more clearly. And Lord, it starts with us checking our heart, washing our eyes. And for some this morning, there might be something that you've brought to mind during, during this, these moments together of, of a plank that we've got in our eye that we need to, we need to confess, Lord, we, we've, we've done this wrong. Lord, forgive us when we have had gossip-centered judgment. Lord, we want to have grace-centered judgment. We want to come from a place of humility, knowing that, that we deserved death and you paid that price and Lord we want to walk in fullness of life and I pray that we would have each other's backs and that starts with our hearts and so God I pray that you would um, that you would show us our sin show us our need and dependence upon you help us to judge well I pray in Jesus name amen